guys. It's uh it's not looking good. Yuck. Ryan's already dead apparently. Um mm. <laughs> we whenever we start a show and Ryan hums, it means there's nothing good that's gonna happen this entire show. But one that's fucking one fucking job. Don't leave your goalie out to dry. Technically two, and it was Skate. both nights against the Chicago Blackhawks. Play hockey. The worst team in hockey. Yes, worse than us. And you couldn't fucking do it. Are you kidding me? No, and it's not that they couldn't do it. It didn't look like they wanted to do it. Maybe in game one it did for a little bit. Game two was, I, in between moving, story, I'm having my floors redone, so I had to move a bunch of stuff on Sunday out of, off of all the hardwood. If you've never had hardwood redone, you got to move everything so they can get to every inch of your floor. And I was moving stuff and watching the game and halfway through, I like gave up watching most of the game to move stuff because moving stuff was more entertaining than the Red Wings game. It's wise choice. Wise so choice. It it hurts. So that's going to be the bulk of what we talk about tonight is the last two games against the Chicago Blackhawks, if you want to call them games, whatever. Mm. It's a lot of it looked I, like... I would rather call them appearances. A lot of them looked like playing NHL 21 on Outings. rookie mode. Yeah, I mean, meetings. We had a couple meetings with the Blackhawks. Well, let me just say one thing. There's nothing that pisses me off more being a sports fan or even in some cases a coach. I'm not right now, but at some point I'd like to get back into it. Then was that you like was that you that, asking for jobs? No, no, it's not. <laughs> but but the the one thing that pisses me off more than anything in the world, and it's in in hockey and baseball and football in any sport, is a team that is uninterested and has no effort whatsoever from almost anybody on the team. And there's there's no excuse. You could be the worst team in the world, and if you come to com- come to play and you compete your ass off and you lose the game then so be it it is at least you tried exactly at least you tried what is going on over there we'll we'll talk about it we'll we'll talk more about it but like i said there's nothing that pisses me off more in the world than a team that doesn't compete well we got a couple things so i think it's going to spend the bulk of our time on uh, the red wings performances against the blackhawks and whatever the hell is up with anthony mantha and we got some mailbag questions coming in, and we ran a poll. But I think I want to go through the poll first. And it's if you've watched the last two games. Now, granted, we haven't it, recorded we, since the first game against Columbus. The second game against so Columbus, win. yeah, we won, and it, it wasn't a phenomenal game, but it was, it was a, a good game. game. It, was it was a full was, game. And it was exciting, and I watched mm. it, and it wasn't boring. And well, maybe the first period was boring, yeah. but after that, it was a it was a good game. We won. There was effort. Anthony Mantha moved his feet, and I'm like, oh my god! It's like we might be back to like looking good and competing. Like what we need to do this season is just compete, not roll over and give up, and look like we forgot how to play hockey, and not look like the Toledo Walleye could beat us. But it's after that it like tanked like we went from now i understand the first game when we got back uh, i guess the first game we went to chicago they depleted flew in and then had no practice 
and had to go to the rink and play a game. With a very different roster than what they had. Against they the lost. Philip Zadina is on COVID protocol. Kill me now. And it's it's so, getting to be a bit much. Well, I they think. didn't have Zadina. They didn't have Fabry. They didn't have Gagne. They didn't have John Merrill. Yeah, or Adam Ernie, but no one cares. And Ernie, but so, yeah, they're, they're easily replaced. With yeah, but I mean, you lose stuff. Zadina, who I would say... He's been a spark plug. Uh, next, to next to Dylan Larkin has been your best, probably, playmaker. Yep. He makes stuff happen out on the ice every single shift. He is a takeaway yeah. machine. Him and Bobby Ryan have been fantastic. And it's it, losing that with however much ice time he had. I think it was something when I had it up like 13 minutes a night. Philip Zadina was averaging 14.34 a night. And Oof. and he had two assists in his four games. And then he goes out and the team looks like they forget how to function. It, and it doesn't make sense to me. And I get that. Yeah, he's going to be an import, a, a very important part of the team going forward, Philip Zadina. But losing Zadina, and who do we lose at the same time as Zadina? Fabry, right? No, Fabry was out a couple Fabry of Oh, that before. was Gagne. Yeah, Gagne. so we lose Gagne and we lose Zadina. Now, Gagne is more stable. Uh, he brought some stability to the third and fourth lines. But I think the big hit was, was losing Gagne. Philip Zadina and I don't think losing one person should matter that much no but on a team that if they're not fully healthy sure has zero depth like that that yep we now realize that now when they had the four lines rolling everybody there you can consider that depth but that's by line well I hate to say it Ryan in the year 2020 2021 depth is important because you know everything going on in the world and you know injuries as well i mean and and you're not going to have your full lineup 98 percent of the time well thank you for completing my point Tyler. <laughs> i'm sorry i guess i guess the way i look at it is is it's it's players sure and we'll talk about anthony manth in a minute but it's but it's a guy. So we get the message that Giovanni Smith has been recalled from the taxi squad on Friday. And we're like, great. We get. I, I'm excited to see Smith. Smith was kind of a spark plug last year. Looked solid in the play that he got in the limited games that he got. We're going to maybe make up for the loss of Gagne and put Smith in there and and maybe bump Glendening up to the third line because you don't need two Glendening style players on the same line. Uh, more defensive guys, hard checkers, go to the corners, muck it up kind of guys. So we're excited. We're excited. And then we get the lineup. And I notice that your top line is listed as Nemesikov Larkin, no third forward. And I immediately get pissed because Blashell decides to run 7D and 11 forwards against a depleted Chicago Blackhawks team. When you just rolled in and have no practice, so you're gonna you're gonna down yourself a forward, play Biega, and you also lost Zadina. So there's a lot of your there's uh, secondary playmaking and secondary possible scoring ability, but you're gonna down yourself a forward plus lose a playmaker, and that is an absolutely inept coaching move. Uh, move. Like, there is zero, absolutely zero excuse to do that. And it makes no sense to me. So maybe one of you can enlighten me as to why you would down yourself a forward against a bad team. 
he's a moron. There's no other way to put it. I, I hate to say this because I hate calling for people's jobs, but that's a fireable offense. It, 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 you lose points for that. It, it's almost like you have no clue what's going on. And, and that's a sad thing when you're a coach of a National Hockey League team. You put yourself – seven defensemen is a thing that you only do once in a while to give your defense a breather. It, it, and you de- then you deplete your forwards just like you said. Seven defensemen only works on like a night where you have back-to-backs and it's the second night of back-to-backs or whatever. And it seven works when you don't because, have some of your top playmakers off at forward. Exactly. Yes, and also seven defensemen, what it does, that last guy is out to dry. Most of the time, because he only plays like seven or or eight minutes a night. It's just, it's awful. Like I said, it's almost like he doesn't have his fingerprint on the game. He has no idea what's going on, and he's out to lunch, and that's all where I'll leave it. Alex Biega is your seventh defenseman. Alex Biega is a seventh defenseman, averaged 12 minutes, and uh, actually not averaged because it's one game, played 12 minutes and five seconds in that game as a seventh defenseman. So I guess... I'm just confused as to, you know, you're playing what a lot of people at the time were saying was the, they had zero wins, was the worst team in the league. They and allowed five goals in each of their exactly, first four games. Against Florida. And, and it's, and you go in there and you're like, and a lot of people, and this is why I hate a lot of, and hate, I don't hate. This is why I dislike a lot of the fan base. <laughs> it's because they went in. So optimistic, and then the second we started losing, are like, oh my god, our team sucks. Oh my god, they can't do it. It's like, you knew this before we started. That we weren't good. We would be more passable, but not good. But even this weekend, we weren't passable. That was no. the problem. And and another thing, if we want to rail on coaching while Tyler's railing on coaching, <clears throat> and this was pointed out a couple times, What's Blashell doing trotting out the fourth line after a commercial break? <laughs> Don't talk about this. Don't you get a two minute you get a two at least a two oh. minute break where they scrape the ice. And, guess and your where guys it get a two minute is. breather. And you're normally in uh, what, the offensive zone? Ding 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 ding. And you're you're putting out Luke Glendenning and whoever else you want to throw out Franz there with Nielsen. him. Franz Nielsen, Luke Glendenning, Valtteri Filpola. <laughs> Out there with Mark Stahl and whoever the hell is sorry enough to play with Mark Stahl that night um, is is what you're putting out after a two to three minute break. So in the offensive zone, why aren't you playing Dylan Larkin and Tyler Bertuzzi? And Anyone but the names that we Nemesikov or Zadina or whatever. What's going on? I, I don't mind... Glenn Denning out there for the sake of winning a draw. But, but you got Larkin out there. Get off the yeah. ice immediately. If you're trying to give Larkin a quick breather, let Glenn Denning take the draw, and you flip. Because odds are, Glenn Denning will win the draw. However, that is all he is worth. If it's not at, on their side of the red line, back into their defensive zone, I don't want to see him on the ice. Nope. Yeah, and I mean, if you're talking about face-offs, Dylan Larkin's out there winning 54.3% of his face-offs. That's, I mean, 157 lost 48. You look at the second highest with a decent amount of faceoffs. Luke Glendening. So Luke Glendening has is is great at faceoffs. Mm-hmm. 
64-127 lost. It's insane. He's probably, right now, I would venture to say he might be the best in the league out of people that have taken over 50 face-offs. Yeah, I, I believe it. But you're still putting out your top line after a commercial break in the offensive zone. Especially your guy that's winning 50, more than half of his face-offs. Yeah, because the options other than that are typically Philpola or Nielsen. And guess what? Philp's only winning 40% of his draws. And you're also putting your top line out there after commercial break when you're down by two goals. Like, what? Why? And who's who's giving you... What's up with uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledumass on the other sides of the bench that aren't in Blaschel's ear? Like, what are you doing? Like, Dan Bilesma's over there writing with crayons on a piece of paper to figure out how the power play works. He, he, he keeps drawing, like, dots... Yeah, and like making a line that goes backwards, and they're thinking that means drop pass. And and Doug oh Huda is plays so bad. Doug Huda's listening to Hall and Oates on his AirPods or something. Like I have no idea how how the three people behind the bench that are in charge of this team are are doing that. I'll tell you one thing right now: if they do make a coaching change, it's not going to be just Blashill Gobes. No, no, no. I think a lot of people are going. Other than maybe like they're no, actually, it's going to be every head will roll in this instance. Yeah, yeah. Eiserman's going to do what Shanahan when Shanahan got to got to uh, Toronto and and say they fired everybody. So you guys want the downside? I don't think it's happening until the off season. I don't either. I think you're going to run through all 56 Mm. games. With Jeff Blaschel as the head coach. You want to know how they're trending right now? So the first four games last season, the Wings were four, three and one. They hadn't allowed more than three goals. Yeah, we know how that turned out, though. Game five. Three games in a row, they allowed five goals or more. Actually, it's just five goals. Then they allowed two. And then two more, five. Then two. And then five. And then one. And then seven, four, six, <laughs> five. They finished last season with 44 games of four goals or more. So we're starting this season. We've now got two. Like we picked up last season. But the problem with that is like our defense, while not phenomenal, is still supposed to be better. Should should be better. Now, granted, we did lose John Merrill. And there's players out. And to, to John Merrill's defense... He has not been noticeable, which for a defenseman is generally a good thing. He is a plus player still, and he is averaging 19 minutes and eight, uh, 19 minutes and 18 seconds of ice time a night. Now, and, and that's in four games. John Merrill has been probably one of our better defensive defensemen. He is getting pucks, clearing the zone, getting them out. That's what he needs to do. He's kind of he reminds me a lot of what Patrick Nemeth has done without the turnovers. Yeah. So Nemeth has played six games, but he's a minus four and averages 20 minutes and 31 seconds a night. So he probably hit his minus this weekend. He's been subtle, but man, when he is having, he, I didn't realize how slow he was. Patrick when Nemeth? What's, I, I didn't know was that uh, he was that slow. I knew he was not the fastest guy on the ice. No. But it's like he's got two buckets of cement on each foot. He looks like he's about five years older than he actually is. Mm-hmm. So Patrick Nemeth's only twenty eight. Jesus, John Christ. Merrill is also twenty eight. 
So when you look no. at the two, yeah, Patrick Nemeth is 28 years old. Son of a yeah. bitch. He looks like he's 40. Yeah, but you know who puts him to shame? And we talked about him last time, Mark Stahl. Now, I understand. Yep, that's impressive. I understand the pride thing. I know that Iserman got Mark Stahl and he's like, God damn it, we're going to play him. And I'm here to say, can we fucking not just like not play Mark Stahl? We have defensemen on the taxi squad. What did Dennis Chalowski do to Jeff Blaschel's wife? Did he kill his dog or something? I have no idea what is going on because maybe he gave Blaschel the ass smack on the way by. We've a good game. We've got. He's gonna no. It's gonna be that Dylan Larkin, Tyler Bertuzzi ass smack with the stick. But we've got a Dennis Chalowski sitting on the bench, twiddling his thumbs, doing nothing all night. So why are you not playing him? Why don't you? I mean, so Stahl's old. How old is Mark Stahl? Mark Stahl is yeah, thirty-five. Thirty-four. I'm sorry, he's thirty-four. So thirty-five. Yeah, he just turned thirty-four. I'm sorry. Okay, so give Grandpa a break, and let's play Dennis Chalowski. Let's at least see what he does. I know for a fact he can skate faster than him. I know for a fact his arms move much like Mark Stahl's arms also move while holding a hockey stick. So how much worse could it be, I guess? I mean, it won't be worse. That's the thing, because at least Chalowski can skate. You know that he's got the offensive ability because that's been the, the issue is that it's not been as bad as last season where they couldn't move the puck anywhere. Sure. But these last two games against Chicago, yes, they did not have the offensive talent to move the puck appropriately. But that doesn't give any reason as to why this defense has just completely forgot how to fucking pass a puck out of their own zone. And I like, think st- I think the Stetcher is getting the rub off of Mark Stahl because he's been just as bad. Yep. So I think you could take the 17 minutes and 52 seconds a night you play Mark Stahl, which almost made me throw up when I said that, and give that to Dennis Chalowski and just see what he can do. Because right now you're you're bringing up guys like Tara Horosi and he got in the game. You bring up you put Giovanni on the uh, Giovanni Smith started on the taxi squad. He eventually got into the game. And they both look good. Not great, but yep. good. Good because they want to play and they're kids and they're trying to earn a spot on the team. So why don't they're you play? They're the hardest skating players in the last. Why game. don't you play hungry people that want to play? Oh, and because he'd rather play veterans. Well, That's why. You know who's probably hungrier than anyone and tired of being called a bust? Dennis Chalowski. Yep. So let's yep. see what he can do, and I guarantee you, I guarantee you, it's not going to be worse than letting in five goals. Yeah, and because fun fact, you wave Biega, no one's going to get him. No, and you no want has room to get him. While I'm on the bash blash train, why, when you're on a man advantage with three minutes left in the game, you pull your goalie? <laughs> what is going on? And then you, like... I get it when you're almost out of the main advantage, like with exactly. 30 seconds left. You'd really... Because then you, if you're driving the play, you have 30 seconds left in the main advantage, their, their guy comes out of the box, you don't got to worry about pulling a goalie. But, Pull him when the advantage is got maybe five seconds left on it. Then you continue the pressure. But no, I want to get seven guys out there. I want to completely clog the ice. And then throw them, you know what, for extra effect, throw them all in the offensive zone. So as soon as the puck enters the neutral zone, you're fucked. I, it just blows my mind how literally 
I, I want to say it was the Columbus game where they finally looked like an f- effective power play, a competent unit. team. Like everyone, their their players were moving. Like Mantha, it's it's where him and Bert kind of had their coming out party for the year. They were all over the ice. They were moving the puck fast. Boom, boom, boom. It was pass, pass, pass. And then they were shooting. Yep. And then what what we see this weekend? It was Mantha got the puck along the sideboard and he stood there. Nobody moved. <laughs> he and pulled he the Pierre Luc Dubois. Yeah, and then he tried to get the puck back to the point, and then whoever was back there fumbled it, and then it'd be a turnover and cleared. I just I, it, there's no consistency here, and it's been the common theme of frustration I think from all of us for the last two to three seasons. Yes, not a great team, but they still have a power play that consists of Mantha, Bertuzzi, Larkin, Bobby Ryan, and Philip Peronic. Yep, that there's no excuse. To not have an effective power play unit. Exactly. But you again, he starts mixing the lines. So there have been times where the power play unit just made no sense. I mean, you're getting guys... I think at one point, Patrick Nemeth had a shift on power play one. Your power play one should consistently be Larkin, Bertuzzi, Mantha. At this point, Bobby Ryan and Philip Hronick. That should be your power play one. If Zadina's back, you put in Zadina instead of Bobby Ryan. That should be your power play one. Why are you putting literally anyone else on that power play unit? That makes zero sense to me. You're taking, like, your power play one should be your scoring talent, right? You'd think so. It should be your setup, guys. Well, I mean, shit, look at, I know we've made this comparison, at least I've made the comparison before. Look at the Capitals. What do they do? They roll out their five best players. And they sit over in his office. Ice, and they're on the ice for two fucking minutes. Pittsburgh does what? the same thing. If Ovi's not open, what happens? They move, they cycle the puck. And then what do they have going on? They have a beautiful triangle play that's usually between Oshie, uh, Backstrom, and Kuznetsov. Kuznetsov. That they work yep. in the bottom corner to the middle of the ice which then opens up Carlson, which then opens up Ovechkin, and they just continuously, but what what do they do? It is boom, 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 pass, pass, pass. And guess what the defense is doing? They're having to adjust and move, and then they get fucking tired, and that creates more opportunity, and that's why they score fucking goals, and that's why they win, and that's why the Red Wings lose. You know what? We're going to go back to last week's discussion. Ryan, uh, can you remind the listeners about the Detroit Red Wings uh, famous power play drop pass because again, again, continuous drop passes on the power play to no one. It's great and, if you actually have some speed going and you do it at like maybe center ice and it's a quick drop because you're getting the defenders to converge on that first player and then the, the guy behind you can then take it and go and actually catch people off guard. But they don't do that. Where do they drop the fucking puck? At the goddamn blue line. And where does that puck go to? Between their face-off dots. And now I know online I betting... the power play entries were a little bit better yesterday, to be honest They were because they stopped dropping the fucking puck. Yep. Yeah, well, I know online betting just opened on Friday... And I'm wondering if there's a prop bet for Red Wings drop passes that they're just trying to beat because it's absolutely insane that I the the entire system and now after this weekend I it has me heavily doubting if there is a system or not. I, is um, I think that you have a general consensus of, of uh, our there's not a system. It's trash. Whatever it's it is, it's trash. 
And I'm going to say that it's probably been the system since Blaschel took over because it's partially carried over from Mike Babcock because Blaschel in coaching, not in coaching style because Blaschel is a far different coach than Babcock was. The, the schemes are the same. And it worked. It works when you have much better players. Yeah, and you use your speed to your advantage. Exactly. And I was watching... They don't move. I was watching Nashville-Dallas, and and watching that game, night and day difference from watching the Red Wings do anything. And it's it's sad because you've got guys like... And then you got Larkin that's got... Would rather probably be in prison right now than have to take media interviews... (laughs) After this, and it's just you throw him out there, and he's like, "What can I say? We were not good. We need to be better." Uh, and and he's not going to throw anyone under the bus. But the media's like, and this is where we'll move on to this. What the fuck is going on with Anthony Mantha? Because he looked uh, good against Columbus. Well, no, question? he looked he looked good against Columbus, right? For one game, he's again what started going downhill against Chicago, mm-hmm. game one, and then Sunday. I he was benched for a lot of the third period. Pretty sure his controller died midway through that game because he just—it's not that he seemed disinterested. It just looked like he completely forgot how to play hockey. Like again, I'll go back to Pierre Luc Dubois, who again was recently traded, and I think it was a great deal. Um, yeah, it sucks for dash. both players because Pierre Luc Dubois want to go to a bigger market, and that's not Winnipeg. And Patrick yeah, well, Line. I'll tell you one thing. Guess what? When you're an NHL player and the team holds your rights, they can trade you wherever sure. they want to trade you. I'm just you, saying he's not going to be happy. I think and then it worked out great for Columbus. Patrick Line. Well, yep. no, because Patrick Line also wanted to go a big, to a big market, and he went to Ohio with a coach that he's going to absolutely hate. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what happens. But if you watch the one shift from Pierre-Luc Dubois where he went to the corner and had a quote-unquote puck battle oh with this two guys was the worst shift i've ever seen he basically could have stood there dropped his stick and put his hands up um which is basically what he did metaphorically anthony mantha looked like that the entire game mm-hmm. and he was directly he responsible directly responsible for two goals and yeah. and that's the unacceptable assist to the point unacceptable a from a red wing period B from a player of his caliber That's and C, your second or roughly one B top player C from someone who came off last season like he did before getting injured mm-hmm. but it, it was supposed to be a turnaround for him he had a goal of five shots on goal a night he's barely hitting two so <laughs> I I don't know what's wrong with him and they did an interview with him today saying mm-hmm. he knows he's bad he watched tape with Blashell understands why he sat knows he needs to be better that's great when you say it but you directly are, are one of the man. main reasons they lost on Sunday I mean this to me is telling and this is from our guy Max Boltman this is his quote from today from that interview you just mentioned Anthony Mantha says the only game he came off the ice feeling like he played well so far this season was the OT win over Columbus. oh you mean when we won yeah, crazy, when he was actually huh? trying, it's it, and Max goes on to say it's pretty clear the slow start has bothered them as mu- him as much as anybody. Okay, yeah, I would agree. You but, know who else it's bothered? All of Detroit. Yeah, and I'll tell you one thing about is it Anthony because is it, is it the lack oh, of fans, or, or or what the hell is it? Because we've seen this from him before, and he's been the subject of this type of criticism. But I think this is his, it's the worst bout yet. Oh yeah, well. 
I think you know this. I hate. I hate this. This excuse making because even or, if it is the, the lack of fans, even if it is the lack of fans, I'm sorry. That's not an excuse. That's not good enough. I don't I care. Know. That's that's not good enough. You know, everyone has to deal with it. Without, with the exception of what is it, Florida and Arizona right now, and Dallas, Dallas, oh, and Dallas, and then potentially um, Columbus. But even and still, soon. it's a it's a handful of fans that's really not going to impact the game like it typically should. No, and you're still exactly. a professional hockey player. But my yeah. point being, and and I've I, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, and I'm going to say it again. There's nothing more that pisses me off than a player that's not showing effort from on a shift to shift basis and how are you as a coach not saying you know what you go take a seat the big hook comes out and you take a seat he did think about he finally did he, he waited too did, long though but Third it was period? too yes. long yes, he waited way too long and that's my point that i've been trying to make it's just you he doesn't have his fingerprint on the game he he he's out to lunch there's no other way to put it i know that sounds cliche but there's I love it that's where he is and, and i know this this is not just just Jeff Blaschel. This is the coaching staff as a whole. How are you, as an assistant coach, seeing this guy from shift to shift, kind of yeah, you know, give a little bit of effort here and there when the puck's around or when he's got the puck, and then that's really it. He's kind of floating around. How are you, as an assistant coach, not saying, you know what, that guy needs to Blash. This guy needs to take a seat. And, you know, and then it takes as long as it did. That's inexcusable. And at the NHL level, that's something that's unacceptable as far as I'm concerned. And Anthony Manta, I love the guy as a player and as a person as well. But the effort level needs to be ten times what it is, maybe even more than that. And it's just not there. No, he needs to match. He is one, and, and Iserman even said he's one of the core players of the team. So you need to act mm-hmm. like one. You need to match the level of play and intensity of Tyler Bertuzzi Friday. Tyler Bertuzzi Friday all over the place. Tyler Bertuzzi responded to being demoted, basically. Greg, like, Greg the other thing I'll say too is as as Anthony Mantha, you need to this is why people consistently in the fan base, and I know you love Anthony Mantha as I do. This is why people in the fan base are always saying this guy's expendable because he does shit like this, and this is why. I, I'm i going to say that if you watched how, like I said, how Bertuzzi responded to being put on the third line, intensity, 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 every shift. Now, were there still some bad giveaways? Yeah, everyone's having them now, but Bert responded. Bert scored goals. He played great with Larkin when they were on the power play. He had some good shifts. He had a, a wicked OT winner tipping off his balls or whatever it was. Might have been his butt. And it was, uh, it's, uh, we don't know, um, but it was in that region. And <laughs> then fantastic. Larkin spanked him with a stick. And I got one of the best gifts ever. But really it was, is. it was good and it was great. And he responded and he's been better. Anthony Mantha needs to do that same. He just got a contract. Now a bunch of people are saying, well, it's contract fatigue. He doesn't he he got the money, feels like he doesn't need to play for it because he's already got it. That's I don't think it's that at all. No. To be honest. It it's going back to the way he was in the eighteen nineteen season where a lot of times he just looked lazy. Mm-hmm. And and we thought he fixed it. His trainer died and he was playing for him. How about balls out last year? How about we go back to that? How about we remember who that Anthony Mantha was? Because that Anthony Mantha was on his way to being a forty goal scorer. 
So let's go back to that. Right now we just need to get into 40 shots. Sure, we need to get him to his five shots a night because one or two of them could go in. So it's it just pisses me off when a player of his level plays like Andreas Athanasiu. So let's not do that. Nope, nope. And let's turn it around. So back to our poll, who do you blame most for the series blowout by the Hawks? The choices were coaching, players, both equally, or us, the Grindline podcast. Thank you to the 8.1% of you that said it's our fault. I Um, I guess three of them. Some kind of karmic justice could be that it's our fault. But uh, maybe because we started getting optimistic. It could be that. uh, There's a good chance of that. The forty five point nine percent of you said both equally. Eighteen people voted for us. Isn't that <laughs> oh. <laughs> um yeah, forty five point nine percent said both equally. Thirty six point five percent said coaching. I will put most of the blame on coaching. Um simply because coaching cannot play for you, but they should be able to put you in the best position to win you need to adjust with what you have sure they did not do that they need to put you in the best position to win and god that's been rough and even in the columbus game that we won in overtime that was rough so like i said i don't think blashell but they at least played hard and looked good i tweeted that after that game if i'm eiserman head should roll and coaching should be and we talked about this last podcast too I said, if we get blown out in both games by the Blackhawks, Blashell should be fired. And I'm I'm going to hold that position. Are. Blashell should be fired. Will he be fired? No, nope. I don't think so. I don't think he'll be fired till the offseason because you're not... It would be a good move because you could bring in your guy and get him acclimated to the team and whatever. Who's I just guy, don't think... Uh, Gronborg's coaching until the end of the Swiss League season. He's got another year on his contract. I don't know if he can break it, but I don't know when the Swiss League season ends. Gerard Gallant's, what, on a beach in Florida somewhere? Yeah, probably. He's probably actually enjoying his time. Uh, I'm not sure what Lane Lambert's doing, but uh, I know Larry Onoff is done coaching at the World Juniors. I want the beard in Lariana. So I think to ask? I think all your guys are not really busy doing much of anything. And yet your guy here is sucking wind, to say the least. You could say he's doing the same. <laughs> yeah, not but, uh, much of anything. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's, that's so I think your guys are available for <laughs> when you want them. But I, I don't think... I think you just let them flounder, hopefully not this hard. And I ran three tankathon simulations before I got the first draft pick. So um, that's what we're aiming for. So, I mean, damn it. I'm hoping for a lottery. This pick is this what season. I didn't want. This what? is this is exactly what I didn't want. Running tankathon, tankathon after, after game six. six. After game six, <laughs> getting swept by the suck-ass Chicago Blackhawks. What I was mean, it that I said last week? I need to... <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, the Red Wings are also really good at giving rookies hat tricks. Uh, Peace and Suter, and or whatever wins. the fuck is that guy's Pi- name is. Pius Suter. Pius, there we go. How many first NHL goals have been scored against the Red Wings? Wasn't that a natural hat trick? I think No, so. it wasn't. It almost was. It almost was. It wasn't. Um, they scored a goal it happened. We are really good at giving rookies their first goals. And first NHL wins. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I think that's – I can't – 
there's not much that has not been said about how terrible we were the last two games. I I can't. I just can't do it anymore. It's like the black hole Anthony Mantha and the rest of the team. It's I don't know. I want to let you guys get your final kind of touches in on there before we move on to mailbag because we have some mailbag questions too. I, I don't know what else of this horse I can beat. <laughs> it, it, this is what I Ryan was has turned the horse about. into glue. It, it's pretty much there. It's the toughest fucking super glue you can get. Um, we, we said it last Monday that they needed to win Tuesday and that could be their stepping stone. Did we think or expect to have the players that we did go out because of the COVID protocol? No. Is that their fault? Maybe not because it seems that everyone that Detroit has played is dying. So that's, they're just catching shitty luck and I, it's not surprising in the, in the current environment, but you got to adjust. You got to have players step up and we you have to at least look presentable. Yes. You yep. can't do what you did the last two games against pr- presumably the worst team in hockey. Yes. Worse than the Red Wings, but they sure as fuck didn't look like it. And the Red Wings made the, the Blackhawks in this instance look like the fucking Stanley Cup champions coming into this season after they got destroyed and their dicks handed to them for several nights in a row between two Florida teams. So, no, it's it's not good. It's, it's They should be fucking embarrassed. And if they do, the, they continue this stuff, it's going to be a really long year that we, to, to be quite honest, we knew it would be rough. But if they do this shit night in, night out, it, it's there's no excuse. Like, I guess it's... Roll. I guess it's that if there was any team you you'd kind of be slightly okay with losing some of your good players against it was Chicago and yeah. you blew it. Even Larkin said that like they came into the game expecting to come away with two wins. Maybe they were just too fucking cocky because they sure. If they... you were cocky, you weren't showing it. That's the worst no. showing of cocky I've ever seen in my life. Hmm. So I, like I said, I don't know how much more there is to say about it. And I think we should just go on to mailbag before one of us dies of a heart attack. Good idea. Do you want me to so, give my final thoughts, Greg? Yeah, you can Tyler. give your thoughts on this um, display. Okay, well, let's let's just start with the fact that I don't think Blashell makes it through the whole year. And what I'm looking at here uh, when is... When does he go? I want to I I know that real quick. Yeah, I'm what, looking what game right number? now. So, obviously, as you guys know, baseball is my second favorite sport. And, you know, when, they, when you're looking to fire a manager, usually you're looking for some time off where there's, you know, a couple days off or in baseball's case, just one day off. Um, before you're going into another city or what or what have you, I'm looking at the we the Sunday and Monday of February the twenty twenty first and twenty second is the first time that you have two days off. Uh, besides this last couple, this this last before Chicago, you had two days off with the twentieth and the twenty first. But I'm telling you right now, either February first and second before the Tampa series, or then you'll oh, have Tampa, Florida, Nashville. Chicago, Florida, and then you'll have two days off for the 21st and the 22nd of February, and that's what I'm looking at. If he makes it past that, I'd be very surprised. Is that, that when we have our four-day break after that? It's a No, it's a two-day break, and then they play Nashville for two games, and the then they play days Chicago. In, in early March. Oh, the four days in early March. So, I, you know what? Let's, let's look at that. I'd be very surprised if he makes it past that. 
I really would, if, especially if the effort continues to be the way it is right now. If it uh, picks up and they continue to lose games, but their effort level is there, then I expect Eisenman to keep them all year long. And, you know, there's no harm, no foul here. But in terms of, of this, it comes well, down to harm. effort and it comes down to – I mean, because the way I look at it is how do you look so competitive and have so much effort against – a team like Carolina and a team like Columbus and two playoff contenders, ideally. two playoff contenders, two teams that, that, you know, are much better than you. And then you come and you have two lackluster efforts to say the least against the suck ass Chicago Blackhawks. It's inexcusable. And, and quite frankly, it's unacceptable. I'd say That's if it doesn't happen, the firing doesn't have happen after 10 games. And I don't think he's going anywhere. Because I, I feel like that's kind of the bar of a if you're a, a really bad team and you really start that shitty, that if 10 games is the cutoff point almost, maybe 15. I don't if, – if it's not in the next, like, two weeks or three weeks, he's not going anywhere. And I, I still don't really necessarily think it's going to happen just because of the season that is being played and how things are going. All right, let's take a, a break to say happy birthday, Chris Chelios. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday Chris. <laughs> I, had a, I had a picture with him at a, when I used to work for Quicken Loans. He was at one of their, their company events, which was very interesting, actually. I've had two encounters with Chris Chelios, and one he of them, he was, no, no, he was not <laughs> drunk. He was actually working for the team at the time, and I went up to speak with Ken Cal, um, great guy, and I was also talking with Mickey Redman up at the, you know, the press box at the old Joe and um <laughs> chris chelios walks by but he was on the phone so i didn't want to bother him and then there was one other time where it was actually the last time i was ever at joe lewis arena uh it was a game against the bruins in which the red wings were down three to nothing i think or maybe four to one or maybe it was both and they came back and won the game in a shootout um and it was outside of the joe and he was driving in his truck and i got to say hi to him for a minute and he talked and he was pretty cool so nice well happy, happy birthday chris happy 59th <laughs> birthday to chris chelios holy shit i was like partying at chili's yeah chili's chili bar uh was a great place in high school and then it went away so uh we're gonna move on to our mailbag uh i put out my awesome picture of the missing chris osgood with his giant uh, scarf, which he's still missing. So, Chris Osgood, please come back to the booth because I'm almost done with Larry Murphy. We need we need <laughs> him and Keats and their antics. Keats yeah. has, been, has been been wonderful, but Murph just can't uh, can't keep up. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna go on to our first question from Randy Zick on Twitter. Uh, Randy asks: Chalowski has been subpar lately. Do you think he needs some conditioning in the AHL? What other AHL prospects do you see making an impact uh, on the future Red Wings? I would like to see, and we talked about this, Chalowski actually get a shot at playing a game this year. As I say, it's subpar as like his performance like last, last season. season. Okay, okay, all right. Uh, I'd like to see Chalowski get a shot on the team because I think he can do better, like I said, than Mark Stahl. Um, but, I agree, uh, at this point especially, because we know that when he comes in fresh and ready to go, he's he's an effective guy, especially offensively, which is crazy. I know they need 
I, I was listening to Dmitry Filipovich's podcast early in the season. Actually, it was before the season started. And he said, based on watchability factor, what he looks for in teams, you know, that are competent and watchable and teams that are incompetent and unwatchable. And the first thing that he said is, teams that actually pass the puck out of the zone instead of using the glass and now I never really thought of this because I'm more of just like a hockey guy versus stats but I've started to you know get more into stats and and you know actually you know paying attention to stuff like that other than watching it as an enjoyment kind of thing and it's so true the teams that suck use the glass so much it's not even funny to break out instead of like actually hitting a guy in stride uh, the teams that are just inept and have guys like Mark Stahl floating around out there use the glass so much. And it, it is mind boggling and, and just watching hockey as much as I do, just not even just the Red Wings, but just the league in general, the teams that are bad, Oh boy, do they use the glass? And it, it's, it's so true. I don't know. Have you guys noticed that at all? Yeah. No one, they don't like to control the puck. They try to go chase it and then they don't have the skill to win a board battle and then they're chasing the puck back the other way on an odd man rush because they overcommit yep. their forwards and then they're out of position and then they, they pinch and then they're fucked. Edmonton well, you just don't have like the, no other like with that. You just don't have the defenseman to get the puck. And, and now you would think like, you know, bringing in a guy like Dennis Chalowski might help with something like that where he can make a good first pass. But no, you know, we'd rather have Mark Stahl, you know, yeah. playing it off the glass. Yeah, I wanna I wanna see Chalowski. Actually, what I'd like is to see uh, Mark Stahl sat tomorrow against I Dallas agree. and and just activate Chalowski for a game and give Mark Stahl a break. But as far I as don't other, we'll be so lucky. <laughs> I don't think so either. But as far as other AHL guys, um, rough rough look. Um, I think if you're looking at if you consider Moritz Sider an AHL guy, Moritz Sider will be a full time Red Wing next year. Um, Moritz Sider mm-hmm. has <laughs> probably averaging three hits a game right now. He is and, a hit real. And they are just like demolishing. And there's a, a account we follow that just posts replays. And they said that they are afraid that the highlight package of Moritz Sider <laughs> for this SHL season is going to be like an hour long because it's just all his He's doing it all it's it's every shift of every game he plays is just highlight real worthy and he's completely dominating the shl right now like it, he has made the league his bitch which is great it's what we need in a defenseman it's we need a guy who hits like cronwall and who can set people up so it, moritz cider is going to be your dude i think he's got like 20 points now i think he just hit 20 points um, for a guy who's never played in the SHL, which is phenomenal. So if you want to consider him an AHL guy, I'd say him. If you want a guy that uh, another guy that probably has a maybe chance at a depth center would be Chase Pearson. Uh, Chase Pearson may be able to to fill in maybe a fourth line center role if someone like Luke Glendening goes down. You've also got some depth maybe in a in a fill-in role because you you play Dominic Turgeon every once in a while in a depth role you may be able to play someone like a Jared Luko Savage on a uh, depth role uh, other than that Svech may have lost his chance with injury 
Um, I think that him missing out in training camp just destroyed him. The only other one that's kind of interesting is uh, Charlie Edward Destus. Um, he is a 22-year-old defenseman that we signed to Grand Rapids who I liked when I saw him play in training camp uh, a while, not training camp, um, prospect stuff a while ago. And he was, he was good. So, I mean, he may be a depth, depth fill in role too, but there's not a lot of top end talent on Grand Rapids that is looking super promising. I know Donovan Sabrango has signed one of our draft picks from this draft has signed a tryout with the Griffins so that he could play this year. So we'll see how that works. But as far as if you're looking on the on the Griffins for just high-end talent that'll eventually make the Red Wings, you're not looking in the right place. Good luck. Yeah, most of our talent is overseas. Year. Yeah, not this year. If you had if you had a normal time where things things weren't as hectic as they were, you'd have Cider, you'd have Valeno, you'd probably have Bergeron. Bergeron all in the AHL and uh, that would probably and be one the of the amount better of teams in the AHL. Yeah. There's a chance. Yeah, you could see now you could see the at the end of the year, you could see Valeno, you could see Lucas Raymond. They could bring Lucas Raymond into Grand Rapids for a playoff run. You could see some good players in there, but I mean if you're looking at guys that were on the, the Grand Rapids roster last year, Zadina's graduated and Cider will probably never make it back to Grand Rapids. So unless it's a long playoff run situation for Grand Rapids. So uh, that's what your AHL is looking like coming to the Red Wings. Uh, our next question is from our lovely friend Sarah at Helmeroids on Twitter. Who is the best playmaker on the team and why is it Philip Zadina? Thank you. That's what she hmm. says. Uh, my answer Case to closed. her. Uh, no, my, yeah, my answer to her was Philip Zadina. We cannot comment any further due to legal liability. um she also said she also asked uh what did chalowski do that has him in the permanent doghouse please speculate and provide the wildest theories possible um so i i mean my that's what i said earlier you want to be part of the area 51 raid Ooh, was he part of the raid on on capitol hill oh no uh i said maybe he slept with blashell's wife Ooh. (laughs) That wouldn't ooh, get him any playtime. No, wait, better yet, maybe it was one of Eiserman's daughters. <gasps> no, ooh, not Eiserman's daughters. Um, yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> he he sat him on his birth. Was it his birthday? He didn't play. And then he had a bobblehead night where he also didn't play. So I think Blashell just—he's giving Chalowski the Babcock treatment. He's treating. Dennis Chalowski, like Mab- Mike Babcock treated Commodore. That's what I'm going to say. And it's it's stupid, and I hope it ends real soon. Um, our friend, though, uh, Manx Raven, says his theory is that Chalowski was found to be the res- uh, found to be responsible for the Blash spot. Every trip away when Blashell had a nap, Chalowski would shave more off of the spot. So oh <laughs> that is the other theory. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm as upset. You know what my theory is as everyone else. My th- my theory is that I wonder if he just sees him as a bust and uh, therefore he's not playing him. But even if that is the case, why wouldn't you play him just based on speed only and age? I mean, why do you want to continuously put Mark Stahl back there and play 17 minutes a night, turning the puck over slow? 
playing the puck off the glass. Worse. It can't be worse. It can't. It absolutely can't. Oh, just kill me now. Uh, I'd rather see Joe Hicketts. Sure. I'd rather see a sack of potatoes. At least fucking Hicketts is going to be flying around hitting people. Bring back Lidstrom. I'll take Lidstrom for a game. No, Lidstrom. Nicholas? <laughs> yes. No, he would He'd be probably better, be actually. better than Mark Stahl. Like, Jesus. Uh, so next Gustav question. Gustav Lindstrom was another guy that, that you know, everyone kind of, he, he played pretty good last year when he played. The, and mm, what mm. what the hell happened to him? Mm. He did okay. Mm. Okay, so, but, but he's better than Mark Stahl is my point. Sure. Okay. Maybe. Uh, I so, think Chalowski would be better. Our friend Ohio Pete on Twitter asked. Is, is Pete, we need to ask Pete if he's okay. Yeah, no, Pete, uh, he's not. He's subtweeting DMs right now, so he's oh, not okay. Boy, who did he piss off? I don't know. But uh, Pete says, totally get being pissed off at the Wings right now, but after watching us play against Chicago, aren't we pretty clearly still the worst, shallowest roster in the league? Also, how yes. many players would need to be in COVID protocol to justify the results on the ice? So I'm going to say... A, uh, yes, and B, exactly clearly just Zadina. That's <laughs> like, uh, Zadina, I think Zadina and Fabry did it for us. I think that's the most detrimental to the team because at least with Gagne, now, yes, I think he's a good little possession player and he does support your power play. Smith fills in fine for him. That's what I was going to get to, is that you have a guy that can re- potentially replace him in either Giovanni Smith, maybe not so much on the skill side, but he's a great net front for... Fabry and Zadina, yep. and that you have a good trio there that can work it out. Is he maybe somebody you want out there on playing second line minutes? Not necessarily, but you slot him into the third. You move domestic Nikov back up there with those guys, and then you go at it. But hurting, losing them too, I think because of their speed and what they can do at both ends of the ice, it, it they're crippled. I think that I think that that should just it losing Zadina and Fabry because you can replace Gagne with someone from your taxi squad you have no one on your taxi squad with the skill of Robbie Fabry or Philip Zadina so I guess that's a natural ability no Pete I guess your answer is two good luck two (laughs) players to be placed in COVID protocol to completely derail the entire thing well apparently losing Merrill on the back end with Juice coming in who has had zero time to get ready um, also was detrimental to the defense. Yes. Also, wasn't there an, arg- an article in the Freep that they were going to cancel a couple games coming up here, and they didn't? What happened to that? Wait, what? I didn't read the whole thing, but basically it said that there was that some of the games were on the verge of being canceled. I don't know. I have no idea. Ever since the, them and Detroit News both went pretty much full behind a paywall, I stopped going to their websites. Oh, no, it was with five guys out. Wings may have to postpone games due to COVID. That's what it was. And this was Helene St. James' article. It was Celine St. James. Okay. I was just curious. I'm like, well, you know, I was I was almost expecting them not to play yesterday. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if they're not going to play. Because I, I saw it, like I said, I didn't really care enough to read it. But. Yeah, this was on the 23rd, and it was in reference because Detroit had five out. Carolina has five out and they delayed games or they postponed games. So that was the conversation. I mean, I would have almost preferred it at this point because they look like garbage. Yeah. The NHL says they really don't have any plans to cancel games. Uh, they yeah, will be agile, quote unquote, agile That's and restructure. 
Yeah, I'm no, trying. That's what the to... NFL did, so I mean, I expect. No, to don't do the same even thing. get me started on the bullshit NFL COVID rules. Yeah, let's help all the teams that make us money, and then the Lions get guys sick. We're not gonna push the game out a day. Yeah, uh, rules. That's uh, in air quotes. The word rules. Yeah, so is agile. It's called BS. So yeah, I think I think that's the answer. I think that we just suck when we lose literally two players that mean something to the team. Or three with John Merrill. That's called the Fragile Hockey Club. Yeah. The next question comes from our Jesus Christ. You changed your Twitter name, and I cannot even pronounce it. But it's at Sexy Eyebrows Seven. Um. Um. Who? Yeah. Uh. It says for the say for the sake of argument, Gallant Lambert and your third choice isn't available for head coach. Who's your pick to fill the job? So if Gallant Lambert, my third choice, I guess at that point would be Gronborg, uh, Igor Larionov's the next head coach of the Detroit Red Wings. There are options, and they're very good options. So, and Greg, if you were to guess right now, who do you think would be the next coach of the Red Wings? Lane Lambert. Ryan. I have no idea. I really don't. I'm not even. I don't even want to begin to guess because every time I try to figure something out out like this, I just become incredibly like, oh, look at that. See, I'd like I would, I would like Gallant. See, I would too, but I don't think on this team. Not for a team like this. I don't think he's going to come in and revamp and re-stimulate a down roster. No, but they say Gerard Gallant is good with rookies. And that's all we're going to have coming in. So. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, I like the idea of Larianoff. His name has been floated around there since Eiserman came in. Him along with Fedorov has been brought up a lot. See, but that's it. the... It's because it's Steve and because of the connection. But look what they've done with their teams overseas. I know it's Russia, but they've made their teams contenders. I know Fedorov kind of got pushed to the side on his team a little bit. So he's more in just strictly... Uh, an executive role, which I think is what he would do here. But you've got a guy like Larry Onoff. He's a professor for the reason the dude is a fucking genius. Yeah. He, he is hockey. Yeah. And to have the mindset, he's coaching their youth team. Now they're under 20. That is what you need for a team like this. And he knows, he, you know what he can bring and he's going to bring just as equally smart minds in to coach with him. So my my pick in dream would be Larionov. So man, Larionov's gonna get Sergey behind the bench. I, I I could. It could happen. That's who. You, would you not want Sergey Fedorov running your power play? Oh, totally would. I'd want Sergey Fedorov in this organization in some capacity. So look at just think of what he could do if he's a, if he's their offensive bench coach. The system that him and Larionov could implement for their puck movement. Man, they're going to get the Russian five back together behind the bench. Like, see, and as much as I love that idea, it's – they're talented. and But the problem is I don't understand why it has to be a name. I don't know why it has to be Igor Larionov. Well, who's your Sergei coach? But it's not, it's not just a name, though. It's the mind behind the name. Yeah, it's – he's not – that's a that, – I it's would say that's – It's not just a that's... pretty thing to throw out there. That's, I understand that, but like even even, and I know this is a totally different sport. But people at the University of Michigan, oh Charles Woodson, Tom Brady, it's like yes, those are names. That's those would be different great. though, because yeah, those but, guys like Tom Brady's never coached a day in his life. Why playing. would you make that, him a that's... coach? Here's the thing, Tyler. 
if you're a name but also a really good coach, why wouldn't you want the coach? You don't just. It just seems too good to be true. That's my. Russia. That's my point. I guess is where I'm. I'm trying to come. With I something. don't think. I mean, your general manager is Steve Eiserman, and we it, didn't think that Federoff was going to happen for a lot longer. KHL. This is and true. This is that's true. what Federoff was doing in the KHL is pretty much a GM and player personnel. Was I am very yeah, confused was, at what, what his position is now. He's like on the board of the team they kind or something. Of forced him out. I thought he was owning him. a team. No, he's like on the commit. He's like a commissioner on the board. I think now, but it's it's confusing. It's Russia. Everything's drunk and confusing. Um, it's I don't know. It's very confusing what he's doing now, but he's doing something hockey related. So we'll see what happens. But uh, Tyler, who would your guy be then? I personally would like Gallant. I really do. Or Gronborg, uh, really. I mean, Gallant I like because I think he did a great job. Well, no, I don't think he did do a great job with the Vegas Golden Knights. And, I mean, that was a group of guys. And some of them are great players. And, and you know, but for the most part, those guys got all the way to the Stanley Cup final. And there's no way that roster deserved to go all the way to the Stanley Cup final if it wasn't for the coaching of Gerard Gallant and some luck, of course, as well. But, you know, th- yes, do they have more talent than the Red Wings? Of course they do. But I think Gerard Gallant would be able to get a lot more out of this roster, or at least a little bit more out of this roster than, than Jeff Blaschel is right now. Okay, I mean, so yeah. literally anyone. Yeah. <laughs> and Fedorov did go back, and he was the GM of uh, CSKA. CSKA Moscow, yes. And so that's where he went back to and became the GM, and they were kind of build, rebuilding them from scratch. Now, if, is he still there? I, can't, I don't remember. Last I checked, he was. They I didn't think were, he was. They removed the GM position, mm-hmm. and they are now run by a board of people. If I am yeah. correct, and he's on that board, so I don't. But the thing is, with he's still Federoff, in hockey. He's still this, Sergei Fedorov. He also had a huge hand in guys like Nemestikov yep. and Kucherov yep. and Nikita Nesterov. So he's got a bright hockey mind. Granted, yes, this is all Russian players, and we don't know how things necessarily are run over there. But it's not like he do, he wouldn't know what he was doing. So if you can somehow manage to land Sergei Fedorov and Igor Larionov, as fucking crazy as it may sound, you instantly make your front office better in your and or your coaching staff. Yes. On top of having a Pat Verbeek and a Yuri Fisher and a Chris Draper, all former players. And of, Nick Lidstrom. <laughs> yep. Yeah, let's well, get Lidstrom yeah, in. Okay. Wait, no, no, no. Isn't Lidstrom doing some sort of scouting, though, as well? Uh, he's doing something. I know he European scouting. I thought for the wings in Sweden. Any f- high end former Red Wings player like that's retired, like Zetterberg or Lidstrom. I guess you could Cronwell. air quote them as scouts. No, Cronwell's mm-hmm. actually working for the team, but yeah, I mean they're always gonna give Stevie kind of the heads up on who they're looking at if they're watching games. So I mean, as soon as Lidstrom retired, he was doing that. I don't know. If he's still performing in that role, he was doing international scouting. Wait, weren't they? Maybe it was just Satterberg, but I thought him and Lidstrom were at a um, a game in the SHL recently. That was Zetterberg and Cronwall. Yeah, that's who it was. Yeah, that's Cronwall it. and Zetterberg are, are seen hanging out together because they look so happy all the together. time. Yeah, I mean they're the best, the two best friends that anyone could have. The best. 
Swedish Mafia, baby. Yeah, so if we're looking at uh, the next question, Manx Ravens asked about the same question. Uh, who would we want our realistic coach to be? Uh, so we just covered that. If we look at the next question, uh, last mailbag question from Maddie Flemix on Twitter, can we simulate the draft? Um, simulate to the draft. I'm reading it, Greg. Oh, can we sim to the draft? Yeah, no. so simulate the rest of the season. God, I we'd wish. love to, but we Let's can't. Let's do it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, you know what? No. No, because uh, I still want to watch hockey. As shit so as the good... product is, I still want to watch it. Because then what? That's why we drink. But then what else would we do? Like, our next podcast would be like, well, the season's over. We had two podcasts, so that was great. Hey, we will at least have a shortened off season as long as all things goes well. Yeah. So let's. We we will not break up to the draft, and then free agency will hit, and then we'll have like two months, and then boom, let's go. We will not simulate to the draft, but I will (sighs) simulate the draft. Do it right now. And I will do one click of the lottery right now. So if the if the season ended today, which is kind of shit because it's only been six games, um, we would pick, in order, we'd pick fifth. Uh, you got to remember that Seattle is part of the next draft. See, they're going to be the ones that fuck us this year. And they're year. automatically supposed to get the third pick. They get the third chances in the lottery. So Vancouver, Ottawa, Seattle, the Rangers, Detroit. I am. Oh, and then <laughs> I love looking at this because eighth pick is supposed to be Arizona, but they forfeited their pick for their uh, trying their the dumbest reason ever to like get caught exercising rookies. So uh, here we go. I'm going to hit sim lottery one time. And the Red Wings move down two spots to seven. That sounds about right. <laughs> so uh, the number one pick, San Jose Sharks, move up ten spots to number one. Oh, let's see. That's why I just don't care. So actually, the Red Wings in this situation would pick six because Arizona moved up to three, but they forfeit their pick. So we'd pick six. So uh, what, everyone just moves up one. Everyone moves up a spot. Yeah. So San Jose. Uh, the way I just simmed it: San Jose, Vancouver, Ottawa. Seattle, Rangers, us. How annoying would that be if Vancouver got the second overall pick? Uh, It'd be way too fitting. Well, right now they're in line to get the first overall pick. They're 2-5-0. and oh. They've played seven games. so That ain't going to last. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But again, yeah, it's, it's actually probably what we will start talking about next episode will be expansion draft. Uh, there will be a lot of expansion draft talk this season uh, because Seattle will be entering the league with their badass jerseys starting next season. And this is why the Wings cap situation looks as it does. Excellent. Looks excellent. Could not. That would be a preview yeah. of things to come, if could, you will. Could not be much better. It's so crazy. I did not just get on cat friendly and look at what the roster looks like. <laughs> uh, but I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Um, I don't want to get any more angry, and I'll end with Twitter questions, so that's good. And I want to get your final thoughts, guys, before we sign off, and we'll start tonight with Tyler. All right. I'm going to start this or end this where I started it. Let's see some more effort. You know, let's let's see some, some guys going in, getting in on the forecheck, getting pucks to the net. And 
you know, actually scoring some goals. I mean, the, it, it, it just, it comes down to effort level for me. And it really comes down to being able to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat, like the Chicago Blackhawks, or as I've said, the whole podcast, the suck ass Chicago Blackhawks that should have no business beating you. Actually, but we're the suck ass after that. Yeah, well, then we're the suck-ass Detroit Red Wings, but we're not going to go there right now, now, Ryan. Um, yeah, but kind of did it for us. <laughs> my final thoughts are let's see some more effort. Let's see if we can kind of climb our way back into this thing. Otherwise, we're going to be having a lot more conversations similar to the ones that we had tonight in terms of firing the coach. And not just the coach, but the coaching staff. And then, you know, when are, when do the players stop being exempt? When when, when are the players going to start getting yeah. some flack? Tyler, I think what you mean is That's or we're going to be end up being a lot more drunk a lot more often. It's going to become very similar to the season of last year. And I hate to say that. Well, we're already on a good start to mimic that. Yep. And you can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. Ryan? Uh, well, a week ago I said that uh, they need to burn it to the ground, I believe, if they lost, got swept by the Blackhawks. So that's kind of where I'm at at this point because that was by far, I mean, we knew going in against Carolina and Columbus that it would be an uphill battle. Yes, I know. The roster wasn't depleted the way it was these last two games, but you're a fucking professional. And unless there's some godforsaken reason why you couldn't put out more of an effort, especially when your top line is still functional and your defense is pretty much all there. There's no reason to look like this much shit. So to reiterate what Tyler said, unfuck yourselves, <laughs> get your shit together, play some hockey, make it fun because that wasn't fun. It's the fucking Blackhawks. The, the suck ass Blackhawks. Of hockey. So, please don't let me do this again. We're, I, I started the counter. We're please don't hurt me. We're at two games now of four goals or more. So, you have you still have the ability to match last year's output. So, let's not do that. So, do better. <laughs> That's all I got. Already running 33. Um, yeah. So, I'm going to do a little bit of raining on parades. Your next six games are Dallas, Dallas, Florida, Florida, Tampa, Tampa. So it doesn't get <laughs> it doesn't get easier because you blew the easy games. So out of the next six, which yeah, takes us, Tito's? it takes us to February fifth. Um, you you know what's great, and then a month later it goes Tampa two, Carolina two, Dallas two, Nashville two, Columbus two, Florida two. Yeah, I mean, the only time your schedule's getting a little easier is when you hit the Blackhawks again on February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day. So let's hope the boys are pumped up after that. But uh, the next six games are not going to be easy. I want to see you take two. If you don't take two of the next six, I mean, at least two. Take one from the Stars and one from the Panthers. You're going to get trounced by the Lightning. So uh, if you don't take two out of the next six... Again, we're just going to keep calling for firings because it's it's more understandable against the terrible teams and if you don't if you look uh like that against Chicago, what the hell are you going to look like against Tampa? Tampa. Yeah. So, 
I need to see it, I need to see two wins that will make me feel a little bit better. And I want to see like inspired hockey. I want to see Anthony Mantha skate more than three feet before looking like he's 86 years old. Uh, I just mm. I, effort Ma- uh, like as Deadpool would say, maximum effort. That's what I want to see. <laughs> Show me maximum mm. effort. Um, you let us sneak in a clip of him saying that. Yeah. I'm going to get shut down by Marvel get sued for a billion dollars. Uh, you can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. You can find our podcasts where there are podcasts. Um, I mean, if you Google us, you'll get like 1,800 podcast page results. You can check out our merch on Redbubble.com by searching the Grindline. We like to give a shout out to Founders, who's the official beer of the Grindline Podcast. We also like to give a shout out to Howie's Hockey Tape. If you go to Howie'sHockeyTape.com and use promo code Grindline, you get 10% off your order. If you use that same promo code on Bring Hockey Back, you get 12% off your order. But that's going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.